Hello and welcome to Building Local Power. I'm Stacy Mitchell, co-director of the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. Today we have a special episode for you. It's an interview with a small business owner in El Paso, Texas. With the coronavirus, many small businesses have been forced to shut their doors. Many only have enough cash reserves to last for a few weeks. ILSR, together with our allies, um, we are pushing Congress to step in and provide grants and subsidies to cover small businesses' core costs during this crisis, including their costs for payroll and rent. We think that's a better solution than having a surge of people hit the unemployment rolls and potentially losing uh, millions of small businesses across the country. There are a couple of proposals in Congress that are gaining traction to do this. If you'd like to learn more about that fight and get involved, please go to ILSR.org and click on the Independent Business section. The interview you're about to hear will give you a sense of why these kinds of subsidies and grants are so crucial right now. Sandy Groden owns El Paso Office Products in El Paso, Texas. He's been in business for 33 years and has 17 employees. Many of his customers are institutions like public school districts and universities, and of course they're all shut down right now, so his revenue has dropped to zero. In this interview, you'll hear a little bit about the kinds of decisions that he's faced with, why a loan through the Small Business Administration is unlikely to help his situation, what he's doing day to day, and why this crisis is really unprecedented. It's not like past recessions or, or the financial crisis. It's something that he and other small business owners have never experienced um, and is incredibly difficult to figure out how to get through. So here's Sandy Groden. Well, Sandy, welcome to Building Local Power. You know, you and I, when we originally set up this interview for our podcast, we were going to talk about Amazon, which is making inroads, uh, trying to go after some of the public sector procurement contracts and You've been an advocate against that, and we may have some time uh, to talk about that at the end. I, I would still like to, but we're, um, you know, obviously have moved into a really critical situation for small businesses with everyone practicing social distancing and in some cases being told to stay home. And in some cities, we've got, you know, businesses under legal order to close and so on. Um, we have never seen anything like this in terms of what, you know, the, the free fall in revenue that's happened for small business owners. So tell us a little bit about what you're experiencing as this crisis unfolds. What we're experiencing, uh, Stacy, is basically what everybody else is experiencing. It, it came on so fast, uh, trying to adjust our businesses to take on this this extraordinary onslaught is very, very difficult. Some decisions have to be made quickly, can't be put off. None of us know how long it's going to last, but we have to make decisions off the cuff, and, and I've done that in a matter of days, maybe 48 hours. Uh, the decision's been made to first keep my, my sales team out of the customer space for all the obvious reasons, distancing. There is no, literally no business activity coming in online or by the phone most of my customers, most of that business comes from the public sector, specifically the education sector, and all of that sector literally came to a standing halt. And my my transactional business literally went from one, one day very, very active and busy, the next day none. It's extraordinary. So the, the end result, the decision's been tough. I have unfortunately had to notify my employees we are shutting down the, the business 
for a period of three weeks, uh, which is the amount of time the education sector is also shut down. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they will come back online and we will be back in business again. I'm doing all I can to maintain a payroll. I cannot guarantee the payroll beyond the end of this month. Uh, I have reached out to my, my local lending institution, my bank. I'm, in, I'm researching SBA assistance. I don't think it's going to be there for my particular business. Um, and then I'm reaching out to my primary suppliers for help on maybe uh, extension uh, dating of bills, invoices, etc. That's the situation right now, and mm-hmm. uh, it is quite dramatic. Wow, yeah. And this is, you know, very much exactly what we are hearing from businesses across the country. I mean, it's, it's just been an overnight complete cessation of of income. And, you know, if you don't have money coming in, you can't have it going out. I mean, cash flow is everything. And it, many businesses are, you know, they may have a few weeks that they can of sort of cash on hand, but for, for most small businesses, it, that's the most that they, they have. Having looked at the possibility of trying to get an SBA loan, you know, I mean, how do you think about, you know, the prospect of, of taking on debt and what it is that government needs to do right now? Right. Well, I, I can tell you this, that time is of the essence, as you know. I have, many of us probably have cash on hand to carry the business forward for a period of time. I do not have the ability to keep the business going indefinitely under this extraordinary circumstance. Uh, I have researched through the first information I'm gathering and, and getting about what's going to be made available through SBA in my uh, situation is not encouraging. Uh, the, the initial information coming out for small business, if, if a business owner has access to a lending institution, meaning I can go to my bank, I have some collateral, I own my building, whatever, I do not qualify for assistance. The small business owner who does not have collateral or access to a lender does qualify. Uh, You know, under that situation, unless something changes or I'm not reading it correctly, does not help me in any way whatsoever. So it's it's a little troubling. I'm I'm working with my local bankers to uh, understand. Actually, they were the ones that sent me the information on the SBA potential program, and that single a part stuck out like and it's not going to work for me that's very discouraging so i i'm not very hopeful on that aspect may have to turn to my bank but i don't know that the banks are going to be in any kind of a position given the circumstances and the magnitude of this problem are going to be loaning out money either unless they get assistance from the federal government as well. So it's a it's a real catch-22, Stacy. and I don't mm-hmm. – there's uncertainty and unknown, which complicates the problem more and, and the fears increase because of it. One of the reasons we, we really feel that the federal government needs to step up very quickly and say we are going to do grants and they're going to be automatic grants to impacted small businesses, and here's the amount we're going to do, and and just move quickly is to just reassure business owners now, because I've heard from many, you know, that they're on the precipice and thinking, you know, 
should I just go ahead and close down, like go out of business because I don't know that I can make it and I don't want to incur further losses and maybe I should just cut my losses now. And and I think really from a society and an economic standpoint, we don't want that to happen. I mean, it would be bad for everybody. It would be really catastrophic. And so it just seems that the federal government needs to step in and say, we are going to, we are going to do something short-term right now so that we can all take a breath and figure this out. So I can tell you in my specific example, and maybe others out there have uh, leveraged uh, certain assets to fund part of their businesses or keep their businesses intact for, you know, slow down periods, whatever. I, I, I have, and I probably an aggressive effort, but I, I have put in place a mechanism with my bank to leverage my home to borrow money against. And uh, I've done that for emergency, but not this kind of an emergency because we don't know when this is going to end. And so I've got a mechanism in place personally for keeping my business going. But if there is no transactional activity coming in, there's no point in keeping it running. It, It just does not make sense. It's better to temporarily shut down and try to assist my employees and in my small business, I do provide health care for my employees. We're a small business. We're mm-hmm. 17 employees. I have assured my employees, even though I may not be able to make their payroll, I am committed to continue paying the premiums on their health care indefinitely, mm-hmm. probably for a period of two months, maybe three. And I'm hopeful that, you know, in that time frame, Maybe, just maybe, things will turn around in the country and we'll be able to get a footing back on the ground. I'm hopeful. But that's Mm -hmm. important to me and my employees because I want to have a reason for them to be able to say, hey, I'll I'll figure it out on the payroll side. As long as I got my health care, I'm okay, we'll make it. That's real critical. And and that's how I, I saw this in my announcement of of shutting the business down, possibly no payroll, but I will continue their health care. And that's the least I can do at this Mm -hmm. point. But it's finite. It's not indefinite. Right. Uh, Have you been talking to other businesses in your community or other um, office supply dealers in the last few days? I I have not. I've been talking to my suppliers, who my -hmm. primary suppliers, who obviously are, are doing business with, my my um, fellow uh, office product dealers, we're all in the same, it's the same. This is how I am trying to approach the challenge. I've reached out to my two primary suppliers who I procure from, um, and I am asking them to give me more time on a payable, and I'm actually asking for upwards of 12 months to pay down large amounts of uh, payables that I may owe them. And I'm approaching it that way. I I think I will have more success doing it that way than trying to work through SBA because of the uncertainty with SBA. And based on what you said, you're trying to get people on the Hill to make exceptions for who qualifies, who doesn't qualify. I can can move on this front much quicker and Mm -hmm. get immediate relief faster than going through my bank or going through SBA. 
so I, my my suggestion to uh, my fellow business owners out there that you talk to um, and and work closely work with your suppliers to help you uh, extend commitments on payables. And I think it's better for on the supplier side. It's better for them to do that to work with us because if they don't and we end up closing our businesses, they don't get anything. Mm-hmm. So. Right. I think that's a, a very worthwhile attempt that mm-hmm. we should that we should exhaust. Yeah. What about landlords? Do you, I don't know if you own your building or if you lease. I own my own building, so I my my wife and I obviously own the building. We in a separate company. I'm fortunate in that respect. You know, I pay rent, but I pay rent to us. So mm-hmm. that particular owner of the building can carry it indefinitely. So that's not an issue, but it is for many, many other people who rent. And I my only my only suggestion would be similar to what, you know, the approach you take with a supplier. You talk to your landlord and you ask for extensions. And I think that's all we have left to do at this point. There's no we don't have ready access to cash. And mm-hmm. so we must engage with those people that our businesses depend on to keep, you know, to stay in business. That's how I'm approaching it. Mm-hmm. This has been so informative, Sandy. I really appreciate you taking the time today. I'm, um, you know, we are working hard and really just, I'm just so uh, hoping that we can find a way. You know, what really scares me is the idea that whenever it eventually happens that we can have this public health care crisis, that our communities aren't going to be the same anymore. That we're going to, you know, that we're going to end up losing um, sure. so many of the local businesses that matter to so m- many of us. You know, matter not only just in employment terms, but what it is that you know that they're part of the community and part of the places that we love. Well, um, I hope the next time that we talk, we'll have some rays of light, and uh, we're working hard to make that happen. And I really appreciate you taking the time out amid all of the strains and difficulties of this moment, and my uh, fingers crossed for your business. Well, thank you, Stacey, and, and thank you and all your team for what you're doing. It's reassuring that there are folks like yourselves that are out on the front lines fighting for us. So I'm, I want to thank you and appreciate everything you all are doing for us. Appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Local Power. You can learn more about what small businesses across the country are facing with the coronavirus and get involved in our campaign for Congress to step in with significant grants and loans to bridge this crisis for small business. You can find all of that on our website at ILSR.org. Go to the Independent Business page for more. This show is produced by Jess Del Fiaco and Zach Fried. Our theme music is Funk Interlude by Dysfunction Owl. For the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, I'm Stacey Mitchell. I hope you join us again for the next episode of Building Local Power.